0: These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hey everybody, welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. My name is Tracy. I'm Leslie. And we get together to remind ourselves to say yes to spirit and to encourage you to do the same. Every week we have a theme um, just to get us started. It started, and today our theme is creativity. So this should be a pretty easy show today to talk about <laughs> creativity and spirit and what is that and how does it work. And um, if spirit is the example of infinite creativity. How does this quality of God show up in the world? And maybe more important, how does this quality of God show up in you, Mm. show up as you, and show up through you? Me. (laughs) It should be very interesting Mm. to see how creativity shows up. God as creativity shows up as Leslie. (laughs) Through us. Uh, But before we dive into today's topic, we always connect the dots with our most recent topic, which was conflict. Mm. And so with the connect the dots um, in the background, I turn it over to Leslie. (laughs) You know, that uh, automatically makes me think when I talk to people in conflict, I always like to use the word an opportunity. I hate that? Yeah, Yeah, thank you for sharing that. But I think that's a creative way of looking at conflict and the the idea that uh, yes, creativity to me creatively looking at life brings a different perspective to it. And, um, you know, we talked last week about conflict and the different perspective you and I had on that organically. Um, But uh, the idea that Yes, guess if we look at conflict creatively and we look at it as a source or opportunity to do things differently, that's a creative way of looking at conflict. And they both begin with the letter C. So that's, you know, a connection as well. Which also begins with the letter C connection. It's going to be a long hour. <laughs> Maybe for you. <laughs> But before we get into this long, long hour, hour. thank you for putting that out into the universe, Tracy Brown. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break. Hang with us, get something to drink, come back, and we will be right back with "Say Yes to Spirit." Our theme today is creativity if spirit is the example of infinite creativity how does this show up in the world and in your world your experience So um creativity <laughs> you know it's interesting to me in science of mind uh, there's a, sort of a an overriding theme that we are co-creating our lives with spirit. And I can remember when I first heard that, that I am co-creating my life, that was not terribly good news to me, to think that I was part of the muck of life that uh, was surrounding me. I didn't really embrace that idea right away. I would much prefer to... uh, to throw that off on someone else's as I was, you know, a victim of my life. I'm certainly not co-creating. Why the heck would I co-create this? What kind of nutty person would do that? hmm So, uh, so the idea of co-creating and then kind of maturing my belief system flashing forward to, you know, I sort of think I'm God expressing so then that would mean, you know, I'm not really co-creating. I'm creating. I kind of am the I am. Yeah. So I take that co out now I guess in a Because yeah. I can't co create if I'm God expressing as me, then it's me expressing as so I'm creating my life. I guess that's the okay point of that. Okay. Seems seems uh seems uh, obvious to you? Well no, i have <clears throat> No, I'm just listening and trying to follow <laughs> trying your to think. line of logic. Thank you. Yes. No, I follow. I can stay with you. Yes. I'm just following. Yes. I have no. I'm not thinking about whether I agree with it or yeah. not. Yeah. So I am yes. the creator of my life. I guess is what I'm saying now. Is my belief system that I don't co-create. I create. good to have radio silence. It's good not to have anything being said while well, you ponder that. Well, I'm pondering it in the context of a conversation that I had earlier this week mm. where we were talking about surrender. Mm. And how surrender, my definition, one of the definitions I frequently use with surrender is because uh, is in reaction to people who say surrender is giving up. Mm-hmm. Or down, being helpful, helpless. Yeah. And so I usually talk, I often talk about surrender as no, surrender is actually giving in to the wisdom of spirit, spiritual surrender. When we're, we're talking about surrender in the mm-hmm. spiritual context, and we're talking mm-hmm. about not giving up, mm-hmm. but giving in to the deepest wisdom Mm -hmm. of spirit and inviting or welcoming that wisdom to Mm -hmm. guide you in whatever this situation is. Mm -hmm. And so... um, so that that deepest wisdom of spirit is within me already. It's not like I'm going outside, but it is bigger than me, the human experience of me and my brain, mm-hmm. which is the you know powerhouse mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the powerhouse of the of the human experience. Mm-hmm. So, I, and in fact, in that sense. I am, if I took that, then I would say with creativity that, or with my life, I am co creating with my human and my divine. So I'm a spiritual being having a human experience, but when I am creating my life, Mm -hmm. I am combining the two. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, you know, I'm, so I was just thinking that through because, in that sense, it's not that there's separation, but there's lack of intention, or there's this subconscious, unconscious um, acting like there is separation. Right, there's the illusion of separation by saying I'm co-creating. I think. Yeah. And you know, of course, we get back to the idea, of the basic premise that I think that we're just really spirit, and I could walk through walls. Um, and so there's the 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 little tiny mind brain that 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 I give over all the power to um, that that makes it a game. When I can let go of that illusion and I can just be in uh, in present with the present, then um, you know it's all me. And it's interesting when I. Think about um, creating, creating, it seems like there's a doing in that word. That there's a doing, that there's an action, that there's something that I'm creating. Mm -hmm. And I guess at the ultimate idea of my belief system, it would just be a being, and, and and I love that word surrender and how you used it because I think that ultimately is what, if I'm giving into, giving over to being, spirit, that is within us all, then there's really nothing that I'm, what is that famous science of mind? There's nothing to, nothing to do, nothing to... Nothing to heal, only yes, truth to reveal. The only truth to reveal. And so there's really, ultimately, if I can stay in the being, then I don't have to be creating, because the being um, simply is you know, and it's, um, I'm becoming aware of the ising, the ism, not the ism, that makes me think of alcoholism, but, you know, just the is-ing that ising thats is, and that's, that, that kind of, you know, it takes the work out of it in my mind, which of course I want to take all things that I attribute to work out. But uh, creating does seem to imply to me a bit of effort or work, versus ising just seems like I could do it from the couch, which I like all things I can do from the couch. <laughs> no? Oh, well, it's interesting. It is always that. It's it is always that because creating has no element but work of you. work to me, of course. <laughs> You know, and creativity, which is actually our theme, um, mo- many people hear creativity and they think art and fun and, and drawing or singing or ah. painting or you know the art, the artistic part of creativity, which actually I think is equally applicable. If I think of this. Formless, limitless energy that we call God, having fun, creativity, mm-hmm. creating. Oh, what will I create now? Oh, yes. these funny things. Let's make them, call them humans. And, <laughs> yes. Um, zebra. Yes. Like, zebra, That what? Let's create this thing It's black and white, and what, I need a name for it. Zebra sound. I mean, that's. To me that's very playful and fun mm-hmm. and uh, well, and creative. Um that it has that sense it's not a chore. Mm-hmm. It's how creativity to me is and and I don't consider myself artistic creative. But I absolutely feel like I use a lot of creativity when I'm creating when I'm creating a workshop or mm-hmm. developing a talk or old fashioned sermon, we used to call them, yeah. Or any it's like or writing a paper or writing a proposal for a, a project. Teaching a class. It's to me that's like that's very creative. It's it's how do I put different elements together. Mhm in a way that they either haven't existed before or wouldn't exist if, if I didn't put them together in that way. Mm. Like you and I could both be assigned the task of creating a workshop for next Saturday, and be, we could be given the same topic, Yes. joy. Yes, oh, I like that. And it would be completely different because we would be being, we would use our creativity. So, ooh, so that means creativity is individualized through each of us. That would make sense. Well, I think it would have to be. Yeah. And because if we're following a script or a recipe, and truly following the recipe exactly as it is written, mm-hmm. the person who wrote the recipe, it was the one who was being creative, and mm. I'm just following the pattern. Mm. Right, right, right. Ooh, ooh, that's it I'm just kind of following the instruction that's uh-huh. been given to me. But we both know people who love to cook, and they'll have a recipe, and that, but that's just their starting point. Mm-hmm. Like if they go through the recipe, it, it'll say, you know, add two tablespoons of garlic, and they'll say, oh, well, you know, whenever recipes say garlic, I use one tablespoon of garlic and two tablespoons of something else, you know, to give it a different flavor or these different herbs that I use instead. And um, and so in that sense, they're still applying creativity, this idea or this concept that we have the ability to mix things up and and have a result that's, New, and that's what makes it creative when you said that about the recipe, and I would follow it rigidly because I have no ability to cook, and it made me think that when I'm in my human brain and my brain is operating out of past trauma, past fear, hurt, anxiety of the future, I am following oh the recipe of that brain exactly there is no creating going on, I am going from A to B to C. Exactly. And that's a really interesting concept, how to pull myself out of that. And, and say, oh, that question, what else could be true? Right. What else might I do? What else is possible? Is this really how I want to act right. or behave? Right. And giving that element of choice. You know, working in the jail with the trauma survivors that I do, that I love, um, the program that we developed is in creativity classes and this uh, artistic the, kind of creativity class, yes, like okay, um, arts and crafts drawing creative. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And this woman that put together the arts and crafts kind of element took the life skills curriculum about anger and self esteem and communications and trauma recovery and created these art experiences to as. She has done a tremendous amount of research and has educated me of understanding how the brain reacts differently when you're having color and ribbon and collage and magazine pictures and drawing and writing. And it opens up different parts of the brain, literally the brain, to learning concepts in a different way. So as they're doing a collage about this experience that they had in their past, they're connecting the dots to trauma recovery in a way that goes deeper many times and is more user friendly to them than sitting in a talk therapy group and trying to re-express or reconnect with some trauma. Doing it through the art is like magic, and it's really cool to watch the women be able to do that. And I guess it, you know what comes to mind is a vision board or, you know, different things that we do in Science of Mind and what else other people, I guess, do vision more than just Science of Mind. But, you know, something uh, creative. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> that's not just. I want something that's just Science of Mind. But um, the idea of anything, you know, creative, opening up, deepening my healing and my ability to see outside of the recipe that my brain has is uh really I think important. And I'm really enjoying this concept of that my brain has this very sad, very traumatized, very bland recipe that I have off you know, I have on autopilot pretty easily if I don't stay aware that I have choice. And I don't have to use two tablespoons of garlic. I can use garlic and salt and pepper and perhaps some paprika. Paprika. You paprika girl? Are you a paprika girl? I like paprika. Did I just snort? I think I did. Paprika. I like paprika. So, um, I am
1: well (laughs) really
0: deeply pondering. Yeah. So I want to get away from arts and crafts. Okay. And uh, I want to go to the. If we're talking about the creativity of spirit of God, I want to go to the creation story. I think you should. Of all life, the Big Bang, the beginning of time. Are uh, you getting her long or limb? Or. The creation story <laughs> of the seven. God, the world was created in seven days. Yes. Yes. Um. And this idea that from nothing comes everything, and that that is the creative process. From nothing becomes everything. I have not heard that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and that is really the creative process that we, and in and, and Science of Mind, the teaching symbol, the idea that you start with the intention and you claim it, desire it. Demand it, articulate it, believe it, and then that's what stirs up. That becomes the foundation for what then you see, as see or experience as life, a physical form. Mm-hmm. The experience that you have, the actions that are taken um as well as the whatever things actually get created physically and so if we talk about creativity and the creative process then again it's not about beauty so much or it's not about e- even just things you do with your hands mm. And so, you know, God created the world in seven days, metaphorically, that there was some some or, order to, to that, but that is the model for creative process, for creativity itself, that from nothing, or, you know, from something that, or from ten things that look like ten things, Creativity means you breathe life into it. You breathe a unique life into form as that next experience or that next job or that next relationship. That that, that we're being creative, that we're using the creative process to create our lives. Since we're not saying to co-create our lives. (laughs) Thank you for going there with me. So, the concept that there might be nothing the nothing of you know no job no nothing something doesn't mean it won't be is that kind of the idea of that that there's well we have the, the our creativity is what empowers us to change our lives gotcha, and if we're not being creative, then. We're following the the recipe. Following the recipe, right? That has been that has been developed from our past experience. And developed from generation to generation. Well, all right, from collective consciousness or our own past experience. So, okay, I have a uh, metaphysical challenge here for you, Trace, because you piqued my curiosity. There's some metaphor to the seven days. To the creation process? I don't know what that is. Is there some metaphor that each day is a certain thing? Because I would like to, you know, shift in seven days. So is there a formula for that in the metaphysical well, world? Well, first and you can't take seven days <laughs> literally. literally. Oh, <laughs> oh, dang. If God. you're going to take seven days literally, you have to take it all literally. Oh. So if, if you're oh. going to do a metaphysical mm. looking at a metaphor, then seven days is just simply a representation of, of there's a process. There's It builds, that as you create, it builds. Obviously, anyone listening who's done any level of, of religious study and spiritual study will connect to the fact that we now have collective consciousness that seven is a number of completion, yeah. That it, but so metaphorically, it metaphysically, it just represents that you know there's a process on the physical level, because in God everything is instantaneous, always present. There's no past, no future. There's only now. Yep. That's just is mind blowing, yeah. Right, but on the manifestation, on the physical level, in the human experience, mm-hmm. there's a process that. Comes to completion because on the seventh day, God rested. rested the couch is, yes. and so, so it it just represents that, and and so that's interesting. So within that metaphor, there 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 is there is insight or teaching that there's a process in in the human experience. Right, right. Or in the physical experience. Ex- expression of it, right. right. In the formless, there's, it's done. Mm-hmm. But in a creative process, when we are creating whatever it is that we are creating, there's a process, there's a sequence. Things build upon themselves, mm-hmm. or they build upon, you know, as you're creating, you have to build upon what has already been created and use that, then, to build the next thing. You know, it's interesting, when uh, I'm working with the women, I sometimes use this metaphor of, you know, like a a large ship that's been going in one direction for so long, and when you start using affirmations or you start changing, you start understanding, wow, I have a choice. That's exciting. You know, a lot of times people don't even understand they have a choice. So when you first get that idea, I have a choice, it's kind of like you're starting to reroute that ship, and, boy, it's so big and so long, and it takes such... Effort—I don't want to use the word work—but you know, consistent persistence to 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 kind of shift the direction of that ship. And as I'm saying that, I wonder if I'm doing a disservice to the possibility of, you know, sort of instant change by by you're telling them they can't have an effort totally. Yes, I am now. I'm seeing that I am, and that's clearly not what I believe. And now I have saddled them with this feeling of it's going to take forever to change this ship direction. Well the fact that the, the idea Both that ends. it's gonna take forever is better than the idea that nothing can ever change. <laughs> well, it is true a that, step true in the right direction. Sure, right. And so you know sometimes it can be impossible to go from this can never change to it can change in a thought. Instant. So I don't know that you're doing them a disservice in any way whatsoever. <laughs> I feel better about that now. But I should throw in the Eckhart Tolle moment possibility in my class, probably. But it is an interesting, um, you know, uh, that brings to mind one of the women this week was struggling with this concept of she'd been on the pod. That's what we call where they live, the pod. Makes it sound so science like outer space. But um, she'd been in the classes and doing her work for uh, two and a half months. And she was talking about feeling um, frustrated that she still is so quick to trigger and, you know, her mind goes to the negative and fear and I've been left behind and the court doesn't remember me and my family's going on without me and, you know, all these kind of things that would naturally pop to mind if you're in literal prison. Um... And so I kind of drew on the board. I asked her how old she was, and she said she was 32. And so, you know, you draw 32 on a timeline. I said, how many times have you been in therapy? How much trauma recovery have you done? How much recovery work have you done? And she's like, well, this the first time. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, two and a half months, 32 years. So sometimes the visual of understanding the process can be helpful. But um, I am kind of intrigued by this concept that, that I am, by by doing that, implying that um, it takes a lot of time. And it certainly, you know, my basic trauma incest recovery work took about three years from being completely nuts to, you know, user-friendly nuts that I think I am now. I think that's a much, <laughs> it's a big difference for me personally from being completely nuts to now being very kind of nutty in a friendly way. Which I think is positive. (laughs) You're scary. (laughs) Yes. So uh, creating my life, creating my life, and this concept of, uh, I liked what you said about how, you know, God, spirit, the it, the I am, uh, had fun with this idea of creating the humans and creating the zebras and making it all work. And, well, that is just my story. That, I like it because um, I don't know that I believe that God has any human emotion like ah, fun, see. But my story is that it wasn't it work. It, <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> it wasn't true. work in a negative. It wasn't effort. Oh. It was oh, let me have some. Let's let's do this today. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Create uh-huh. that. and the and the, and that to me also kind of re that it is a bit of a of a fun game and that when I get too heavy into the idea that, that this is all there is, you know, my mind, my recipe, really like that metaphor. Um it uh, it can be quite dark. And creativity uh do you think I'm thinking about a conversation I have with someone this morning in terms of She doesn't have really a spiritual community or any kind of spiritual um, springboard. She's starting to, you know, organically come into some um, realizations, some understandings, some ponderings about deeper spiritual truths. Ooh, that sounded like judgment. Like some spiritual truths aren't as deep as others. But anyway. And uh, the idea that she's now kind of seeing she's alone in that thinking with her current circle of friends and mm-hmm. family, and so I'm I'm wondering now, and I also know that at some point my need for community becomes, you know, I become kind of stagnant or stale or adrift in my Titanic. With I don't if I don't have people around me, kind of. Reminding me, reawakening me, mhm, and so that creativity becomes kind of a communal experience that, that 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 there's um a gift in having others creating with me or reaffirming my process, I guess can I create in a cave? They yes, always, they always <laughs> he you know throw a big book into a cave with a man and he could get sober, so I could create. I could co-create my life in a cave. There, what do you mean co-create? Co-create. Oh, create. Create. Oh, good catch, Tracy Brown. Good catch. Yeah. Yeah. Do I need spiritual community to create? Probably not, I guess uh-huh. not. No, it's you easier. Need, it's more you fun. Need, you just need God to ah, create. Ah, to create. through that. True that. And even whether you are aware of God <laughs> or not. I'm still creating. Because you're, you're always creating, Mm -hmm. always, Mm -hmm. in every moment. Mm -hmm. That's why you have the recipe book in your head. The good news and the bad news. Because you are always creating that recipe book. You're either shifting it up or you are um, shifting, changing, growing. You're never going backwards. You know, that... uh, That is true. I do this little thing with the women when they first come into the pod trying to get them in this idea that, you know, our beliefs create our thoughts, our thoughts create our experience, which is learning a different language for them and to kind of get them over the hump of the kind of that doesn't make sense to me, how can my thoughts create this? I have them go back and think about what they were thinking about three months, six months, three days, three weeks before they got put in jail. And I said, if you really are honest with yourself about what you were thinking, how your you know mind was working, can you say you're surprised by being in jail? And, you know, 100% will say no. They aren't surprised. And that's really like a really big aha moment. I come up disappointing. to that point. they like, <laughs> a been somebody's doing miss, this to miss, me. Miss, right? exactly, like, wrong place, wrong time. And I think that is usually how... Um, how how I can get caught in focusing or blaming or putting that finger on, you know, this event mm-hmm. created this overwhelming wave that then has me on the couch eating pie, right? I mean, and, and the longer I focus on that event, the more I eat pie. And the the idea of kind of taking that bigger picture and seeing how my Thoughts, how my perception leading up to that event mm-hmm. was obvious that that event had to take place, and then my how I frame that event. You know, it's really fascinating. You, know, you do that. I used to do, I um, call them low-level ropes experiences, where you get teams together and you 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 feed different people the same event or the same story, and then you have them write what happened right before this, what's gonna happen right after this, Mm -hmm. and then you have them share that, and it it just really brings to light that the the events in our lives are so kind of flat, and they only hold meaning when we give them that meaning, and that all of us give different meaning to different events, and that's what creates the experience. The experience itself is flat. It's it's neutral, right? Right, right. That always surprises me, because I think, of course, that everyone would be thinking like I'm thinking, <laughs> and that my yeah, thank you, and that my response would be the response. Why would anyone have a different response? Obviously, I, my interpretation is correct and obvious. And there it is. There's the event. How can anyone not see it as I see it? It's all very confusing to me. And to the rest of the world. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> am absolutely sure. <laughs> I don't think so. I think others sleep like me. I can remember when I went to college, being surprised that there was other laundry detergents besides Tide. I mean, I just <laughs> used Tide. Shopping really wasn't one of my experiences growing up. Growing, you know, so I really thought everybody used Tide. Okay, thanks. Are for you sharing. being a comedian in this moment? <laughs> or are you? It's a metaphor. Okay. So everything's a metaphor. Okay. But, you know, that was my first experience that people thought differently than my family thought, really, ultimately. Kind of being pulled out of my family. That could be a real blessing. (laughs) Yeah, true that. I mean, not your family, any of us. Thank you, Grace. Yes, yes. Any of us. Like, oh. There's
1: another way. Oh, (laughs) thank you. There is another (laughs) way.
0: I am not not locked into (laughs) or destined to this for the rest of my life. And I guess that kind of comes back to the idea that, you know, I can only be as creative as I am aware of my choices. If, I, if I'm if i unaware of choices, you know, my creativity is... Um, although it's fascinating to watch, I think, when I start speaking some of these what would be considered true truths, you know, people do hook into that pretty quickly because Mm -hmm. I think it resonates with something within us all, kind of waiting for an outlet or waiting for permission, sort of. Maybe, you know, in our fantasy worlds or our minds when we let our minds go, we can kind of stumble into these true truths because they exist within us all, I think. But when we start getting language or we hear, why did you, she's putting her hand on her head it, when we start having, you know, language about true truths, that it kind of connects us and gives us uh, a permission to then um, act. But it, it it's fascinating to watch. I keep coming back to the women in the jail, but, you know, their life experience many times has not given them sort of an outlet mm-hmm. for, um, for having some of these true truths to be expressed to them. The recipe has been pretty pretty bland and pretty pretty severe and pretty rigid. Yeah. Uh, because it's impacted by human de- desires to think it's in control? Well, I think it's been impacted by human experience of you know, a lot of times their experience has been very humanly limited to a two or three block area, you know, not a lot of going off to college to see that not everybody uses tide kind of opportunities. And so the more the smaller so you only know what you know. Right. You've only been right. exposed to what you've been exposed right. to. Right. Until or unless you have the spiritual maturity to recognize that there's, there's something more. Some there are so much that is way beyond your individual Experience and you can tap into it Mm -hmm. simply by being willing. Like your intuition, Mm -hmm. with the voice of all universal subjective mind, will whisper to you. Yes. You could try this or ask that question, but if you're not, if you haven't developed your ability to, number one, even recognize it, let alone trust and have faith to follow it, then, yeah, you're following the recipe. And that's one of the favorite things we do in terms of, uh, you know, encouraging them to keep like a a journal or a little uh, booklet in terms of, you know, listening and random things that come about. I mean, you know, there's a billion different examples in my life where I'll have the intuition of, you know, pick up that, string before you leave, Leslie, the house. And I think, well, I don't need that string. It's Tuesday. I never use string on Tuesdays. And that's a silly thing. And I'm just being weird. And I won't pick up the string. And then, you know, at three o'clock in the afternoon, I need that string. And so to sort of come conscious to listening and when I discount and then when I follow through and, you know, following these things that sometimes seem so completely random and arbitrary, but uh, absolutely are not random arbitrary no and it's already happened in divine mind gosh that is a but mind your warp cloth, isn't it your clock ah, hasn't reached that, that, is, that place yet that is a mind warp so yeah and that uh you know I have a, a friend that's really no time no space kind of understands Concept probably organically isn't from this plane to begin with, and um, uh, it's really a completely different way of uh, experiencing walking through the day to really literally not grasp that time and space kind of idea. I like to use that as a, as a reason for why I'm late all the time, but I think that's different than really not having time and space. But I think it's very different. <laughs> Let me assure you, it's very different. <laughs> it's very, very different. Thank you, Tracy. Because, yes, just even the way you expressed it. Mm-hmm. Her way is more free, mine is like I have a habit, I have a recipe. Ah, I have a recipe, and In I am my always like mm-hmm. that's a lot different. <laughs> ah, I can uncreate that and co create something different at any moment. Uh, Yeah, that's always an option. That's always an option. So what else do we want to talk about related to creativity and saying yes to spirit? You know, the idea idea of saying yes to spirit, sort of starting the creation process, or like you said earlier, surrendering, you know, that I'm... thinking of the four kingdoms and my favorite thing, you know, being a victim first and then kind of co-creating and then God creating through me and then God being God. And I know shifting my kind of thinking from when I was really seeped in the 12 steps and having this concept of um, being a channel from God from the outside through me to the mystical truth of God is inside expressing out, Mm -hmm. um, that is a real big kind of creative shift. And I had to use, or I continue to use a lot of, like when I would put my hands out to the skies, right, to the heavens, to the heavens who are above, right? They're never below, right? That's important to point out. But, you know, I would lift out my palms up, to the energy, whatever, you know, there was all this symbolism to something outside and so now I try to put my hand on my chest and my diaphragm to kind of anchor this concept that it's within and I find that so hard. I find my hands wanting to go out. (laughs) I think I won't want responsibility. I I think it's a desire not to be accountable. Uh, But, you know, to put my hands on my chest and my diaphragm to do I'm saying, a third-step prayer for Alcoholics Anonymous, which is an amazing prayer that I say every day, and, you know, to pull that energy in, it's, it's physically uncomfortable to me. It's much more physically comfortable to outstretch my arms, to get on my knees, to do some sort of physical expression that there's something outside in the cosmos coming down through me. I don't want it inside. That's too much responsibility. Who Do I blame if <laughs> it's outside? I mean, it's if it's inside. inside, yeah, there you go. There you go.
1: It's deep,
0: isn't it? It's deep. It's sad. <laughs> it's that it is. I don't know how deep it <laughs> is, but it's very really sad. <laughs> and thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> and I think pretty normal. The only reason. Thank you. <laughs> that's even better. Normal. That's what I am. I'm normal. That's. No, it's only aesthetic. sad because you are such a spiritual genius <laughs> that um, that for you to say it is different <laughs> than for anybody for other people to to say that. So, but it it reflects for me the reality that for for me and for everybody I know there's always that place of we know more than what we actually do. Yes.
1: Oh or my goodness. apply.
0: Or apply. Right. Or we know a lot more that. than what we apply. Oh my gosh, yes. Ooh. And um and that is um that is the crux of why we gather every week well, we to say yes to spirit. <laughs> okay. Because part of moving to application is, I mean, you learn stuff and you have the intellectual understanding of it and you might even accept it as true. But until you are actually applying it, Mm -hmm. it cannot work as effectively or as quickly or as powerfully in your life. So I can accept it as true and, and it begins to work, but I'm also probably in my behavior sending conflicting yes. messages that are either counterbalancing it or moving it to the background because the message of my behavior has so much power to it mm-hmm. because I've been doing life that way for mm-hmm. 60 years. Yes, my, un- my belief system is so strong. So I can accept the intellectual which creates an opening for it, but it may not have enough if I'm not actually applying it. So when I imagine you putting, you know, one hand on your chest and one hand on your diaphragm and grounding it in, it's I'm beginning to apply what I've already known for a long time. And, of course, it would be uncomfortable because it's outside of your comfort zone. It's L is what it is. It's L. It's outside of your comfort Al. zone. But you are... Creating, expanding your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. That at some point it won't be com- it won't be uncomfortable anymore. It would become uncomfortable to do it the other way. That's the idea to, to 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 act as if, right? The idea to do it, and then suddenly the shift comes. But it is. It's a real. I think it is a. Yeah, I do think it's helpful. I think it's hell to know one thing and not be experiencing it. Thank you. That's just my interpretation of my life, but uh, to have the uh, to have the awareness. My uh, we we have uh, social work interns that work with us in the jail, and uh, one of them was saying yesterday, you know, if if I did all these things that I tell all the women to do, my life would just be fantastic. <laughs> that <laughs> like, is true. Why would we want to start doing it ourselves? That would just be yeah yeah yeah. What's the point of that? Einstein said, creativity is seeing what everyone else has seen, but thinking what no one else has thought. Oh, so that would be perceiving it differently, creatively perceiving the thing that everyone sees differently. Mm-hmm. Or you've used the example a number of times before about The artist who created the statue, David, and everybody else just saw a rock, and he Mm -hmm. just carved away the pieces that weren't David, because he could see David Mm -hmm. in this rock, but Mm -hmm. he saw something that everybody else saw with the rock, the, the big boulder, the stone, but he thought... Some, he thought about it differently. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. moved away the things that were not. So I, I, I do think I think that's when the example I used earlier about you know both of us were given the assignment to create a workshop for mm-hmm. next Saturday on joy. Mm-hmm. We would see all the same things. We have the same information, and still, it would be so different because we would think about it differently or think of different activities or um, a different timing, spending Mm -hmm. different amount of time on different things. So even if they gave us here are the four elements and you have two hours, go do the workshop, it would be different. (laughs) I mean, that's the creativity piece, which is funny funny as I say that out loud because it clicks in for me one of the reasons why... It's probably one of the reasons I think it's sometimes challenging for me when people want feedback about something they've done. <laughs> That's a journey cuz Tracy Brown would be honest, so I would never ask you. I would ask someone who'd be most likely to lie to me. And well, actually, Tracy Brown yes would be honest, mm-hmm. but a lot of times it's really unless you're unless I'm giving you feedback on like Okay, here's an example where it'd be easy. I had a contract with a corporate client. I had five other consultants. I designed the workshop. Uh-huh. I had trained five people to deliver it because oh, we cool. had to deliver it to a lot of people in a relatively short period of time. And then when I went to observe them, yes, I had very specific feedback. <laughs> of how they screwed it up. Because I knew what we were going for. Right. And I could tell that, you know, in one case, no, you really lectured too much. Mm-hmm. because this Because what the commitment we made to the client in terms of interactive, blah, blah, blah. Have those same thoughts in mind. Do the activity first. Mm-hmm. And then as people are given their comments, make sure... You include all those points, but don't go teach them those six points um, for and talk for 30 minutes. <laughs> and then have them do the activity, which just confirms what you told them to look for. It's like, I can do feedback like that. But let's say I um, go to something else and then somebody asks me for feedback. And it's, you know, it's a workshop or I go to hear them speak or whatever. I mean, to me, it's probably my perception about it is going to be fine because it's, you were being creative. You were, you know, unless they mm-hmm. did something that really, as a speaker, like, is a no-no. Like, you you stood there and read your PowerPoint slides? <laughs> no. See, you would tell them that? I, I wouldn't know that. Oh, I would and tell them that. Then. I wouldn't tell them like I just said it, <laughs> but I would tell them that. Um, And, but in general, if they were just saying, like, how was my speech? Well, right. it was, either it was great because it was you representing your creativity mm-hmm. you know, or usually my first question would be, Okay, so what was your goal? And if they tell me here was their goal in whatever they just did, I'm like, you absolutely did that. Oh that's it. See my first question would be I would ask them how did they feel about it themselves? Yeah, I ask that too yeah. a lot. How did you feel about it? Oh I thought it went really great. Then that gives me an idea, um that's happened to me to destroy them too much. Well, no, it's like <laughs> then I'm like, okay, why did you they feel great? They are clearly unaware of the. Well, why did you feel <laughs> great? And then they'll tell me, and I'll be like, oh, oh, I totally get that. And you should feel great about that because they'll, you know, they, whatever they say, <laughs> it like will make sense. Because they're not real. Unless I'm really clear, they're really asking me for coaching. Yeah. Mm. I'm not attached to whether mm. you did it the way I would do it. Mm-hmm or whether you did it the way I wish you had done it with me in the audience, um, you know, what would have resonated with me personally? Right. Because you're right, a lot of the times when people are asking you that, they are really just looking for approval or, right. you know, a pat on the back. And, yes, people who know me. Would know we'll never ask you that. No, they that. shouldn't ask me if... They don't. But my goal is not to tear anybody <laughs> down. And most of the time, I don't have criticism. Yeah. I don't have anything negative to say because I believe in this concept of creativity that you were creating something that's between you and God. Uh-huh. You know, you were creating something from your perspective and your experience. Um, so you know, if you're asking me as a participant in something, like we recently had a practitioner retreat, and, you know, when I get the feedback form for that... You get up like a ream of paper. And, uh, you know, <laughs> well, uh, or the regional <clears throat> retreat back <throat> in the spring, um, you know, asked me for feedback of what was my experience as a participant. Right. And... It was the best retreat I've ever been. I've been to in years. I mean, so it's not that feedback is always negative, mm-hmm. but it's always honest. Um, but yeah, often if people are just asking me, they're not asking me, and I know that. I know they're <laughs> not asking me. That's good, Trace. So, and if we're co-creating, you know, and I keep coming back to this idea that if I'm easing. Then it then it is. It's exactly what it's supposed to be. Yeah, right. At that moment, in that time, in that space, and each one of us is always growing. So it's exactly what it's supposed to be now. And I learn from that experience for the next time I'm doing something related or something that uses the same skills. But that doesn't make what I just did bad or wrong or insufficient. But then, and my mind is like flipping on its side, saying, "Well, if it just if it if I'm really in the Zen flow of it, then the is would now this is an interesting ponder. Is there an ultimate ising of joy? So, if you and I were in the jet stream, would we create the same workshop on joy? No, that's an interesting concept. In my mind, no, no. Is this, cause we because we are different, different people, yes, so yes, so so, but Unless if I'm we were following a recipe that we had taught because, we have been taught because last year we went to how to create a workshop <laughs> for in four steps, and every workshop must have these four steps in this sequence, and then we both were applying it like as our final project for that class. Where we know we're supposed to follow that recipe. No, no, no. I'm saying we're in the jet stream. That we're in the ultimate knowing, the I am. That we're literally in that that crease in the sheet that I always talk about. When you you know the, the the you know that flow that's just so cool. Would it look the same? Because joy is joy is joy in that. But then I think you're right. No, because we're expressing joy as our individual flower, but the, now this is really interesting. I think using that metaphor, we would express it as a different feeling, as a different as a different flower, but the people in the audience would come away with the same experience because we were expressing truth. And this is true for me from, from my experiences of going to workshops, which I always want my money back, pretty much. But anyway, um you know nine ninety percent of workshops that I've been to really, I don't feel moved by mostly mm-hmm. but those ten percent that I feel moved by, I think it's it's the it's what's coming through them, it's not them, right, right, so that. Could come through anybody if and it could come through in a hundred different ways, right, but it's the tr and that's not creating anything that's just expressing what's there, yes, yes, so if the same people went to both workshops, they would be well, they would have the same impact the impact yes. would be yes. equal that's right um and Two, if the exact same people went to both workshops, it may be that some of them resonated more than the other. But the overall, you know, it didn't really work for me, but this was really powerful. Yes. Or, you know, I really got in touch with what I believe joy to be for me. Yeah, I think that that is true because that's the spiritual truth expressing and being yes. experienced. Yes. Cool. So well, that's creativity. really about all the time we have for creativity. Um, and if you have not listened to um, Say Yes to Spirit before, just know that if you go to the main show page, there are several hundred 100. previous <laughs> shows for you in the archive. So just scroll down or put in a topic you, and... Uh, get a little more taste of Say Say Yes yes to the spirit. Spirit. Have a good week, everybody.